Nicely done, Beef. When football fans everywhere cheer for their team, they're cheering for you too, because your savory snacks fuel the gridiron battle. With your tasty sliders, hearty chilies, and drool-worthy steaks, every option is an MVP. Most valuable protein. So gather around the TV and get cooking at beefitswhatsfordinner.com. Funded by Beef Farmers and Ranchers. Well, it's Friday in downtown Starkville. It is another football weekend, and that must mean it's time for the Tracks Plus Deep Dig. I'm Charlie Winfield, Bart Gregory here. And tomorrow, another chance to get up early and get on to Starkville to watch a football game. And I emphasize the word early, 11 a.m. Not really even on a network tomorrow. you got to log in. So get familiar with your ESPN Plus subscription between now and then. ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus. Is it on the Plus? SEC Network Plus? I think it is. And so, yeah, make sure you ask the questions later today or first thing in the morning because there's going to be a barrage of tweets at the Hale State football Twitter account about 11 o'clock tomorrow saying, where can I get the game? So go ahead and take care of that early. Hey, Charlie, you know, we've played a couple of these here over the last few years where you play in week 11 a non-conference opponent, sometimes an FCS opponent leading into the Ole Miss game, and we've played traditionally at night. And I will say this. I think with a quick turnaround and playing Ole Miss on Thursday night, I am never a fan at all of playing 11 a.m. football games. But this week, I'm kind of glad we are. Yeah, it gives you one more working night, basically, for your coaching staff, right? Yeah, it gives you a, a night to work tonight. It, I mean, it effectively buys you another day of preparation in that sense. Yeah, it does. If you think about our coaching staff, and by our coaching staff, I mean Mike Leach, you're talking about a night owl, right? So getting another night for him is like giving him another day. Yeah, if you've ever been around Mike Leach, you may get just as many texts at 1 in the morning as you do at 1 in the afternoon. And so, Charlie, I know, hey, we can be pretty short today, to be honest with you. And I've had a people, couple of people say, hey, are y'all even doing a Friday deep dig with Tennessee State? And I was like, absolutely. And you know why, Charlie? Because we're professionals. Because oh, is that it? Because we take one game at a time. Dewey now. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. We're going to get all of our cliches in there. We may have to rely on some cliches today as we break down this football game. But let's get started. Let's go ahead and jump in. Before we do, though, remind you that we are in our Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville. If you're looking for insurance, visit favrates.com. Shop the rates. But before you make a decision, Think about customer service because it matters. Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties. These are the guys you know, the guys you work with, the guys you see downtown at the grocery store and at the football games. So visit favorites.com and see our friends at Farm Bureau. It's our 3-2-1 segment. We got three numbers. No. We got to have an opening statement, don't we? Yeah. We at well, least I am. You're ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to get this one in the can, right? Yeah. So, all right, we'll, we'll give them an opening statement. So it is now our opening segment. Opening statement segment. Okay, Charlie, here's what I think. I don't know what the spread is. Is there even a spread in this game? I don't know. I don't bet on college sports. I can't. But I wouldn't if I could because I know there's no way I would trust an 18, 22-year-old with my money because that's essentially what you're doing. But I have no idea what the spread is in this game. All I care about is winning. Get win number seven. That's it. I don't care. And this is going to be, could be, should be, 
an ugly game. This is all about us. This is like we talked about with Memphis, like we talked about with Louisiana Tech, that this game is about us. And it is. And so I just want to see us get better, not do anything stupid, not get anybody hurt, and just weather the storm and get to Thursday night. That's all I'm asking. And is that asking too much? I hope not. Well, I'd certainly hope not as well. And remind you, too, before I give you my opening statement, this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. And we thank our friends down at Tracks Plus who've been with us all season long. Bart, tell them who to find and where. Well, if you're in the market for some Barco forestry equipment or Saney dirt moving equipment, go by and see. Daniel Bounds in Columbus, Fred Fulton over there as well in Columbus, Ken Crosby in Hickory, Gresh Howell down in Summit, and Hoop Weems over in Alexandria, Louisiana. The great folks, new or used equipment, they got it all. Bunch of it too. Tracks Plus, great equipment, great service, even better service. That's what they got, Tracks Plus. All right, so, Mark, this season, 12 FCS teams have defeated FBS teams. We used to call it Division One AA, One A. I kind of like that better than all these acronyms, but I lost that fight. But twelve of them have won. Montana beat Washington. Vanderbilt lost to East Tennessee. Well, but, does that I mean, count? Yeah, you got to put an asterisk by that win, right? I don't think the FCS is proud of that one. Jacksonville beat Florida State. Northern Arizona beat Arizona. And South Dakota State just walloped Colorado State. And you know how bad Colorado State is? They lost to Vanderbilt. That's how bad they are. This will not be one of those games. This would be one of the biggest upsets in the history of college football. And this is not a terrible team. A lot of times you look at FCS and you think, oh, they're awful. Sometimes you look and you say, hey, man, this team can jump up and beat you. This team is neither of those. It's just, to borrow your phrase from days gone by. Vegetable lasagna. They're just a little plain. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just... They just kind of fill the schedule. And they put some green peas and vegetable lasagna. You know, let's try to make it as bland as we possibly can, but I digress. I like peas. Not in lasagna. Well, that's, yeah, that's fair. So, anyway, this is a ball game that this is a team that's not that great, not that bad. They've got injuries. They've got injuries at quarterback, at running back, at both their cornerback positions. So, you take a team that's not terribly good, you take away the weapons they do have, this one sets up for Mississippi State to have a pretty good day tomorrow. Yeah, they're 3-3 three and three in their league. They're 5-5 five and five overall. They're actually in fourth place in the OVC, and they play in the Ohio Valley Conference. And so they, they have actually been, as you said, Charlie, an okay football team. They split this year with Austin P. They won early in the year at Austin P. They played two games against Austin P. this year. And they lost last week handily to Austin P. And I'll kind of segue into our three numbers with that thought is my first number, Charlie, in thinking back to that loss last week to Austin P. And by the way, they play in Nissan Stadium. So, I mean, you got the college experience. You're playing in a pro football stadium. My number is 200. That's that, not much of a pro stadium. Well, the Titans are playing well this year. But still, I'm just saying as a stadium goes. There, that's like the mid-tier FCS of football stadiums. It is, and I tell you what, I still have, from an agronomic standpoint, a problem with a playing surface at Nissan Stadium. It's always bad. Between the numbers, and I'm not talking about between the numbers and an NFL stadium. You know, the college numbers are wider. In between the numbers at Nissan Stadium is poor 
from a grass growing standpoint. Okay, they need to overseed it a little bit heavier because that Bermuda's just not holding. It. What they need to do is just build a new stadium. Well, I was going to say artificial turf that would help out a lot, but the NFL guys don't like all that stuff. Anyway, two hundred is my first number. That's the max amount of yards tomorrow for Tennessee State. And listen, this is not about – usually our numbers are about what it's going to take to win. This is just what I want to see. And the reason I want to see that is last week, Austin P held Tennessee State to 194 yards. They've used three quarterbacks this year, and as you said, Charlie, they've had some injuries. Jeremy Hickbottom, which sounds like a suburb of Edinburgh, has been their starting quarterback. And then you've got Devon Starling, who has been their starting tailback, who's also caught the most passes this year. Those guys were hurt last week against Austin P. So Shiel Garnett comes in last week for Tennessee State as quarterback, went 9 of 19. And I'll talk about Shiel Garnett in just a moment. He's a transfer from Auburn. They got nothing going offensively last week. They had 194 yards, as I said, against Austin P. I don't see them getting over 200 in this game tomorrow. All right, so that's your first number. What's your second? Kind of goes along with that. I think you're going to play a little bit freer on the defensive side. I think guys will be flying around a little bit more because they know they have a chance to, to kind of get some plays tomorrow, kind of pad some stats. Tennessee State's the team that turns it over. They turned it over three times last week, a couple of interceptions and one fumble. I'm looking for four turnovers tomorrow. I think tomorrow's a day where you force some fumbles. You're playing at a faster speed than they are accustomed to playing at in FCS. And so I don't know what the combination's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be three fumbles and a pick or three picks and a fumble. But I'm looking for four turnovers from our defense tomorrow. And my third and final number is three. And that's the number of the quarter that I want to see the last of Will Rogers tomorrow. I don't want to see Will Rogers in the fourth quarter. I want to see him go out, get his stats, get his, as they say, and get out of there. See, you're not looking for 700 yards passing tomorrow. No, I'm not. I'm not looking for that at all. I'm looking for us to maybe even run the ball a little bit more tomorrow, but I am looking for Will Rogers to have enough points on the board, not enough passing stats. I don't care about the passing stats. I care about points on the board. The number three. And that's the last time, the third quarter, last time we'll see Will Rogers in that game. And that's my three numbers. 200 max yards for Tennessee State, four turnovers from our defense, and three, the last quarter, I want to see our starting quarterback. All right, let's take a look at my three numbers. My first number is 300. And that's the number of passing yards I would like to have for Will Rogers tomorrow. Okay, so you're saying the same thing I am essentially. Yeah, I don't want 400. I don't want 500. I want that first number to be a three. Why do you say that? Because, number one, I don't want this to be a ball game where we get stats that don't result in scores, meaning if we get 60 yards passing on a drive, I want to end in a touchdown, get to the sideline, so I want points on the board in a hurry. And then I want to be done. I want to be done. So, for me, this is not one that I think we come in here on Sunday saying, boy, that really helped his average, that really helped his numbers. I'm just looking for an average day at the office from Will Rogers tomorrow. So I want his passing yards to be in the 300s. My second number is two. That's the number of first quarter touchdowns I want to see for Mississippi State tomorrow. Oh boy, I'm on this train. I like that number. And there's a couple of reasons. One, we start slow. That's exactly <laughs> right. We need to we need to figure out if, if it's one thing. We figured out the third quarter answer because over the last few weeks we've been a lot better in the third quarter coming out of the locker room because that was you know that was our kryptonite early in the season. But now it's the first quarter and getting started. I want to see us get a good start. And you say, well, that ought to be easy. This is a team that's only allowed, I think, two first quarter touchdowns all year. 
when you go pull up their box scores, there are a lot of games where it's three to nothing at the half, or maybe somebody puts up points late in the second quarter. I want to go out, I want to execute early, and I want two first quarter touchdowns for Mississippi State tomorrow. My next number is two also. We've got to stop Matt Corral uh, in his ability to throw the football deep if we're going, wait, that's, sorry, I'm looking ahead, Bart. Uh, what? One game at a time, Charlie. And you know I'm what? just here to help the ball club. That's what I want our team to do. I want our team, not our team, not our players, I want our coaching staff with an eye looking towards next week. That's why you play this game. But I'll give you a real number, number one, and that's how many field goals I want to see for us tomorrow. At least one. Confidence. And you say, why on earth would you say I want to drive to stall? I don't care if we kick it on second down, but I want Nolan McCord to kick a field goal and have that split the uprights and have that locked in his memory as we head into the Egg Bowl. Because that is a game, as we know, as Ole Miss knows, an extra point of field goal can make a difference. I want a positive experience in his brain as we head into next week. But I'll say this, too. If somebody misses a field goal this year, I don't think it's going to come after somebody hikes their leg. I bet we will not have that issue. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll make a side bet on that one. So those are my three numbers. Now it's time to take a look at two opposing players. My first one is Shiel Garnett, and I talked about him just a moment ago. He's a quarterback who's going to be possibly be playing in this game. Hickbottom hurt his back last week against Austin P. so you may see Shiel Garnett in this one. And Shiel Garnett, as we talked about a moment ago, is a transfer from Auburn. He signed with Auburn, a dual-threat quarterback from Lakeland, Florida. And he had all kind of offers coming out of high school. He signed, of course, with Gus Malzahn. He elected to transfer after last season, and what he says is is he had interest from Texas A&M, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Indiana, Virginia Tech, Utah, and others who had interest in him when he was a transfer, but he settled in at Tennessee State as the quarterback. He wanted to go play for Eddie George, and so he is a guy that's a dual-threat guy, downhill runner if he has to run it. But last week, 9 of 19 throwing the football. So why I chose Garnett is he's a guy who's a power five signee. And so he has some ability. He has ability to move his feet. He has a good, strong arm. He is a guy that can make some plays. And last week he got his feet wet in OVC play against Austin P. late, and so he's the guy I look for on the offensive side. The guy I look for on the defensive side and want to highlight for Tennessee State is Tadarius Patterson. He's a defensive end. He's only 6'1", and he weighs 228 pounds. So he's not a big guy at defensive end, but he's very fast off the edge. He had a sack last week in four pressures against Austin P. He has six sacks on the season. He's a guy on the outside edge that can give you some trouble. He is undersized, as we said. But he has a lot of quickness and will try to get to the quarterback in a hurry. And so your tackles have to be cognizant of that, of trying to make sure you create that pocket and push him to the outside. So my two players, Shiel Garnett, the quarterback, and the defensive end, Tadarius Patterson. And also about Patterson, he's a division, another Division One signee out of high school. He signed with Toledo and then didn't last at Toledo, redshirted there, went to College of San Francisco and has since tra- uh, transferred back in to Tennessee State. So he, along with Garnett, originally out of high school, Division One offers. And so that's my highlighted guy on the defensive side to Darius Patterson, along with Shiel Garnett, the quarterback. It's right, so my first player is number three, Eddie Graham. He's 
one of two guys who may wear number three tomorrow. Starling, the running back, if he plays, would wear number three. Graham, a defensive back, would wear number three. He's a 5'10 senior. He transferred from Southeastern University, good old Sun Conference team. Where is that? It's not Southeastern Louisiana. It's not Southeast Missouri State. Where is Southeastern in the Sun Conference? Southeastern is a school down in Florida. It's a Christian school, kind of, I think, in the Tampa area. Okay. But it's, right. it's down there. Sorry to take you away from But in any event, Graham's been hurt. He's got, he's got a couple of interceptions on the year. And you start to say what little things might make a difference. Having him in the ball game, look, it just ups the quality of the guys you're playing against. He's missed most of the past two games with an injury. So the guy to watch out for, Eddie Graham, who leads the team in interceptions. The second guy is Josh Green. Josh Green is probably the best tackler in the secondary. He's a safety. They'll bring him in pressure. They'll play him in coverage. Here's what Josh Green defines for me. He defines the OVC. You want to know the difference in SEC, D1 football, and the OVC? It's Josh Green. He's a nice athlete. He's talented. He's 5'11", 184. And so when you look at this roster, and I think Eddie George, who is the coach of Tennessee State, even commented on this, typically they're about an inch too short and 15 pounds too light. That's kind of the profile of what the difference is. Sometimes it's just how you're made. And now I think back, there have been a lot of good teams. Take an Army, for example. Army can beat you with guys who are an inch too short and 10 pounds too light. D. Dallas, Air Force. I don't like thinking about that guy. Still haunts me. 30 years ago. One of the coldest nights I've ever had. But so, number six, Josh Green. He can get to the quarterback. They use him in a lot of ways, but Josh Green, a nice player. So that's my other player to look out for tomorrow. All right, before we get into our coaches, let's remind you about our great friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, made right here in the state of Mississippi. Henry Cooper and the gang down there at Cooper's Country Meat Packers, they do it right. It is a growing brand that's going throughout the country right now. For so long, they were just big in the restaurant world but now in the commercial side as well. And so many different lines of that sausage brand, and it is fantastic. Go buy Country Meat Packers in Florence, Mississippi, a great storefront for all tailgating needs. If you're getting ready for Thanksgiving and you want to impress the family and something they've probably never had before, get that pork tenderloin that has the mac and cheese on the inside of it. And I guarantee you, that niece who you think really doesn't like you a whole lot will say, you know what, Uncle Bart, that was fantastic. That was a really good, different thing that we had here, and you are now much better cooked than my dad. Country-pleasing sausage and country meat packers. And, Charlie, now time to look at our coaches, and the guy that I want to look at is Hugh Jackson, the offensive coordinator at Tennessee State. Hugh Jackson, yes, that Hugh Jackson, he was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns from 2016 to 2018, and after that, after he was fired there, he went back to the Bengals. He's been a a special assistant to the head coach, and then Eddie George hired him to be the offensive coordinator. He's got over 30 years of coaching experience. Hugh Jackson, the offensive coordinator for Tennessee State. All right, my coach is Mark Hudson, H-U-T, Hudson, as opposed to Hudson, who is the offensive line coach. He was a senior offensive analyst at LSU, but this is a 30-year coaching guy. He's coached at LSU. He's coached with the Raiders. He coached for Arkansas. And if you go back, he was actually a two-time All-American at Oklahoma and was on their 1985 national championship team. Here's why I talk about Mark Hudson. I think this is indicative 
of what Eddie George is putting together at Tennessee State. He's gone in, and he hasn't gotten together his buddies. He hasn't gotten together random guys. He's gotten together some experienced football guys. You talk about Hugh Jackson, a guy who's been around. Mark Hudson's one of those guys, too. He's coached at Tulane, so he's been in the South. He's been at Tulsa. He's been at Oklahoma. He's been at Murray State, where they won back-to-back OVC championships. So it's a guy who knows football. He's coached in the NFL. It's a guy who knows the league, and it's a veteran coach who also knows the Southeastern Conference. Mark Hudson, the offensive line coach, my coach to look for tomorrow. And why is the experience in the Southeastern Conference so important? It's because so many of those guys coach together. And why is that important at a a place like Tennessee State? Transfers. Transfers. I got a guy. Hey, man. Hey, Hut. I got a guy who can help you out. Not going to fit here, but he can help you out here. That's why guys like that end up at a place like Tennessee State. Relationships right now, I think, are as important as they've ever been in football, particularly at a school like Tennessee State, because it's not so much who you're recruiting out of high school. It's where you're recruiting on the transfer wire. And that's one of the reasons that the talent gap. So you say, how is it that an FBS school can lose to an FCS school? Division One's losing to Division Two a It's because a lot of that gap is being closed by transfers. There are more players now transferring into Jackson State than had been previously. Tennessee State in that same boat. No doubt. And what does that mean, Charlie? It's time, it's time for the two-minute drill. Two-minute drill brought to you by our friends at Two Brothers on University Drive. Two Brothers. You talk about just good food. I mean, I'm serious. When I start thinking about places that just have solid food, consistent food, every time you go in there, I think of our friends at Two Brothers. They've got great setting outside, whether it be on the front porch or the balcony upstairs. It feels like a sports bar at times. At times, it feels like a place just for a good family sit-down dinner. Two brothers, everything on the menu is just fantastic. And we go there as a family all the time. Yeah, it's a good place to go. We may be uh, headed there this weekend. If uh, we get things wrapped up, I might head on over there tomorrow night. Of course, it could be a line. Probably will be a line. So maybe I'll make that a Sunday after church event. Friday, Saturday nights. It is a happening place. All right, so I'll blow the whistle. We'll get this thing going on our two brothers, two-minute drill. Well, Tennessee is known as a volunteer state because of its high number of volunteers during the War of 1812, specifically the Battle of New Orleans. Wilma Rudolph, who won three gold medals, one in the 100, the 200, and the 400 relay in 56 and 60, a graduate of Tennessee State. Well, Oprah Winfrey, born in Kosciuszko, Mississippi, is an alum of Tennessee State. Got her start in television as a news anchor in Nashville. Here's another alum, Richard Dent, a two-time Super Bowl champion. Everybody remembers those 86 Bears. What not many people remember, Richard Dent was the MVP of the Super Bowl. Play with Tyrone Keys, our old buddy Tyrone, graduate of Mississippi State on that big-time Bears defense. Nashville native William Walker became the president of Nicaragua in 1856. And since then, no other American has become a president of another country. Starkville is named for Revolutionary War hero John Stark. Nashville, where Tennessee State is located, named for Francis Nash, a brigadier general in the American Revolution, one of ten patriot generals to die of his wounds during the war. And Tennessee State is one of three Division I HBCU schools. 
that's not a member of the MEAC or the SWAC. The others being Hampton University and North Carolina A&T State as they're members of the Big South. And as we talked about, Tennessee State, a member of the OVC. Yeah, I've faked all the interest in this game. I can. Just don't get anybody hurt and let's talk Sunday. I completely agree with that. <laughs> we'll talk about this on Sunday. That's one of our numbers. A minimum amount. What's, the, what's, the, what's that number? A minimum amount of injuries. We don't need injuries this week. I don't want as much as a scratch. <laughs> or a hurt feeling. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right. Enjoyed it, Charlie. Hey, thanks to our great sponsors, of course, Tracks Plus with the Deep Dig. We've been in the Farm Bureau Studios, Country Pleasing Sausage, our friends at Two Brothers, and Beef. It's What's for Dinner, brought to you by the Mississippi Beef Council, the Mississippi Beef Farmers, and their checkoff. All right, everybody. Get your minds right. We'll be back Sunday, and we'll have – Very little look back and a lot of look forward is my guess. So see you all then.